Hey, and welcome to Moody Talks, a podcast that seeks extraordinary stories in ordinary places. I'm your host, Austin Martinez. Today, I'm so thrilled to discuss the special journey of two University of Texas students who in 2019 launched Blackprint, a student publication that documents Black voices in Austin, Texas. The publication serves as a supportive space where creatives can express their stories and identities freely. Seniors Tiana Woodard and Faith Castle are the co-founders and co-editors-in-chief, or as I see them as, the geniuses behind Black Print. When I was a little freshman, I worked with the two talented journalists at the Daily Texan campus newspaper and immediately became inspired by their commitment to amplifying marginalized communities through artistic creations. Now I'm excited to share their love for bringing inclusion to storytelling with you. Hi, Tiana. Thanks for joining me today. I'd like to start off with one of the most important questions, which is, what is Black Print to you? So it's UT's like only Black interest publication, and we just try to create content and capture experiences from a Black perspective. And so whether it's not like traditional news, if you look at our website, we have like artwork, we have videos, we have poetry, like a bunch of different just like forms of media, literally. And even though the name might fool, it's not only open to like Black students either. It's just anything that pertains and centers Black thought and Black experience. And I'd love to welcome Faith as well. It's great to see you virtually, of course. I would think starting a publication is a lot of work. So what is your motivation in launching Black Print? But what kind of helped us stay together is just, I think we had each other, you know, and we also had the motivation by things that we experienced working for different publications on campus and not necessarily bad talk publications or anything like that, but say that, you know, we can do this too. Like we can create a space for others as well. And yeah, it kind of required us to dwindle out some things in our own life and maybe make a few changes and sacrifices here and there. But I think it's definitely worth it when you can do something that's not only for yourself, but for others. Can you talk about the importance of having creative spaces that give representation to underrepresented voices, especially at a primarily white institution like UT? Just thinking about UT and how there's only 5% of us, I definitely remember moments, you know, even my first few years at UT, experiencing stuff where it felt like I was a token and that people needed our talent when it benefited them. And even though like, and they said it in the name of uplifting Black voices, but even thinking about today, (laughs) Black History Month and a lot of spaces and universities are going to play off of the fact it's Black History Month and not to say like, oh, it's not to be celebrated or acknowledged, but to say that we don't disappear once Black History Month ends. That's why a lot of people are calling for more African-American history classes and besides universities teaching it in high school as well because Black history is American history. And same thing with Black media. We always have something to say. We always have something to create and put out there. So I just thought it was really important for students to have that space and not feel like they're a part of just some small project for someone else. 
just when I think about or even like in my English program and just any classes at UT, I feel like Black content or like Black contributions are always like within their own section. Like this is like the Black section or this is like culture when it should be integrated into the whole thing. That representation is important, especially when it's not given to you in an institution and classes that you pay like thousands of dollars for. Like I wish I wasn't we weren't having to create those spaces, but I feel like it's really hard when you're consuming material and you're expected to go through classes and study different things where you don't see people that look like you really, except with their own delegated in their own corner. I'd like to ask, what's been your favorite part of this journey? Tiana, honestly. <laughs> yes. Well, you want me to go first or you go first? Oh, I would just say Tiana is the answer. <laughs> oh. oh my gosh. <laughs> That's so cute. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, same with Faith. Were y'all close before y'all put together this publication, or how did that work? I literally was just telling someone at my internship. She's like, how did this happen? And I was like, well, she's like, did you she, did she know her? And I was like, well, in the dusty corner of the Daily Texan, I'm just kidding. Um, in the basement. Tiana's desk was across from mine. Um, we were both editors at the time. And then we both like end up studying abroad together. And then it just kind of was like, hey, black girl. And she's like, hey, black girl. And then we just um, go from there. I was so shocked that she asked me to start Black Friend because it's just something that had been on my mind for so many semesters while I was at UT. And I was like, this is just so amazing. Like, it just seemed almost unreal because I just didn't have the right person to ever open up to or go to about it. So it just, it seemed like a, a fate situation. The way you started it, you said like, we sat across from each other. At, it sounds like an office romance, but like low key, it kind of was. I'm so happy that we were able to study abroad because I feel like <laughs> me and Faith like saw each other cry. We spent 48 hours in Paris at night. There were so many things. And then I would say like for Black Print, um, I definitely like would have given up by now if like Faith wasn't here. And then also not to like throw this in, but like I'm an Aries and she's a Leo. And so there's a lot of fire. You know, people say that Aries and Leo usually go good together. Um, I have a Leo roommate too, so it's never failed me. <laughs> Y'all are literally so romantic. And not every student just like wakes up one day and like decides to pursue a publication. So what have been the challenges of starting a publication? Like what's been the process? Oh, yeah. It's like not all glamorous. It's definitely been a process. There are so many moments where, you know, I've personally felt like discouraged or low about it. At times we're like, oh, we don't have enough applicants or, oh, you know, the funding or, oh, we don't have all the positions filled or, oh, nobody knows about Black Print. How do we connect with this group of people on campus? We just really want to try to help as many people as we can. And this has definitely been a challenge. There have definitely been times where like, um, I've like definitely cried over like different parts of black print. I don't think it's happened this semester though, but then again, we're two weeks in. So I'll keep you updated. Another big thing is I feel like I would have gotten closer and created more bonds with people in the org if COVID wasn't a thing. And that's like really depressing. And plus we're graduating too. So a few months left until we go and that's really sucks. How do y'all think black print unites communities on campus? 
as a team, like even our small team, we've gotten to know each other and like we all have unique experiences, even though three out of four of us are in journalism. It's cool to see how we all think differently. There's all different types of personalities. Some people are like very extroverted and love to talk and are like well into the Black community, like our design editor, and he's the president of the Black Student Alliance. So it's like, how cool is that? You know, you have that connection there. But we also have, you know, members that are first year students and they're just super excited and they are so talented at poetry or prose and writing op-eds and beyond our staff. It's been great to have like different events and connect with different communities and even getting to speak with some other students about how this could help another community. It's just that not everyone is journalism majors. There are people in the business school, there are people in CNS that just want to like create. And I think that that's been really cool because I feel like at UT, especially it's such a big place, it's really easy to get comfortable in like, whether it's like the Daily Texan basement or like BLO or like CMA, pretty much like the three places I was on on campus. It's really easy for me to like not go to other places unless there's food involved. And I think that even like with COVID, at least like virtually, I feel like that not also has like been a plus where we don't have to like travel across campus to get to know people. All we can do is just go in the Zoom. And then I guess like another way that it's united is just like, I feel like whether it's like Black faculty or Black alums or like students, just like seeing something like that has just gotten people really excited and have different people reach out. Black print has a long history of amplifying marginalized voices at a predominantly white university. That is because Black print was actually first established by UT journalism lecturer Ernest Smith while attending the university in the 1970s. The publication ended after a few years, so Smith tells me she was beyond speechless and excited that two students were bringing back Black print 50 years later. What was your motivation in starting Black Print at UT? It was, you know, really a dissatisfaction with the way that Black people were represented in the Texan or were not represented or activities of Black students. There was an incident that happened. I work with a, uh, there was just in the African-American Studies Center. It wasn't a department. I had a job as a student assistant and they had a series of events, Black History Month, I think it was. So they invited back Heman Sweat, who was the man who integrated UT and the Texan didn't cover it. And when I went and I asked them why, because I I gave them the press release and everything, I was basically told that I was just biased because I'm black. So, I, you know, like it's not news. And what was interesting was that other media from the city were there. That was really kind of one of the things that made me go, all right, well, there's just a limit to what you can do. If you aren't going to write it yourself as a black person, then it's not going to get done. By that time, I had done some things. You know, I'd worked on the text in a while. I'd written for other people. And so I just decided, why keep getting yourself on the boil all the time? Just start your own thing. What did you enjoy most about creating Black Print and having a safe space for creativity? There was a sense of having agency in it because you, you know, you could kind of do what you wanted to do and a lot more responsibility sometimes than you kind of realize at the beginning. But what I just remember is those weekends in that apartment, literally you cut and paste in those days and taking it to the printer and then proofread and staying up all night. I remember this just being really a lot of fun and a lot of energy around it because it was like something you could do. You weren't really dependent on anyone else. It was your decisions. It was your content. What was your reaction when Faith and Tiana told you about bringing your Black Print project back? Well, it just sort of blew me away. You know, you think of something that you did basically as a kid and you hadn't thought about for 50 years or almost. And then somebody comes and says, would you mind if we call our publication this? Tiana 
came to me in 2019, I think. And I remember I, I gave her an interview for her paper and I never did ask her how, I don't know how they heard of it. That's the thing that gets me. I really have no idea how they did. But I felt really excited, honored. And then after this thing happened uh, over the summer with uh, the Floyd and uh, racial reckoning. So, you know, when they asked me, I was I was very much inclined to want to get on board. It just seemed like something that at this particular time, what can you do? And that's what I can do. I can offer you the perspective of history and the confidence to step into your own voice. So Faith and Tiana, how do you feel about getting to bring back Professor Smith's special project? She was just really happy that someone picked it up. And that was like really touching. And I think also kind of echoes a lot of problems that UT still suffers from even decades after the line. It was bittersweet because it just showed the lack of support that Black students and Black creators on campus get. And that's something that I feel like UT needs to step up for. It was also sweet seeing something come full circle. What do you hope creatives get out of participating from Black print? I just hope they have that safe space, but also can like learn and grow. I definitely want to learn from others as well. And I just think that as a collective, we can just see and hear each other's experiences, but also be proud of what we put out, you know, and have the opportunity to try something new. I feel like for me, just for a lot of things that I do, sometimes it just takes that encouragement or just someone hearing me out or just voicing support for some things to happen. Like Black Print wouldn't have happened if people were like, yes, like we support this go ahead. When a space doesn't exist, it is important to create one. Faith Castle, Tiana Woodard, and Erna Smith took that bold step in building a space from scratch so their community could create and speak up without restriction. Black stories are our community's stories, and like Faith said, they do not disappear after Black History Month ends. So Faith and Tiana, what do you hope for the future of Black Print? One, for it to stay. If that means I gotta like peep on Zoom if I'm five years out from here and see what they're doing, I'll do that. (laughs) My mom was like, so... What does this mean when you graduate? She's like, this is still your thing. I'm like, mom, it's, you know, it's for the students. But I think I know what she means. Like, you know, are you still going to like check in on Black Rent? This is not a thing where I'm just like, I I benefited from it. Peace. You know, I want to see students continue to produce this. And then even just thinking short-term goals, we're trying to get a print zine this semester and just incorporate more roles and then more stories to tell. There's such a rich history here in Austin with the Black community and a lot of great journalism for Black communities here, but there's something about that student perspective. There's something about being a Black journalist connecting with the Black community. People don't think representation matters. It matters. There's something about the experiences we face as Black people that can translate in our work. I hope that beyond our graduation, these stories can be discovered and told. Especially this year is just we're focusing on like longevity. Like, I don't know if I'll have to like re-enroll as like Tina Woodward and then like Tiara Wood or like create new UTIDs and just re-enroll for the next four years at a time. So Austin, we really won't be leaving you behind. I'll be here. 
I guess like really, um, I just hope that it's something that just continues. There's so much potential for us to help in disseminating and compiling resources and not just like UT, but like Austin as a whole. Like I know like one big thing that never really got off the ground, but I hope that can happen eventually. is like reaching out to Houston Tillotson and collaborating with their communications program and their journalism program or just like media people on their campus. I just don't think that Black Prince mission is limited to only UT. So I hope that it can get to a place where it just goes past the 40 acres. So Professor Smith, what advice would you give to young creatives who want to express their voice, whether at a university or just anywhere, especially when coming from a marginalized community? What's lovely about today is you don't need any money to publish. I would say to them, create your own medium. Create the media you want. Podcasts, news sites, art sites. It's all the same. We're expressing ourselves and and the fullness of our creativity. To me, that's how you resist. 